0: I'm excited to talk about this episode with you this week, because I feel like on Sunday, the anticipation and the vibe and the intensity and the all of that of the episode, I had a really hard time focusing on the content of the episode on Sunday, because I was just kind of going from beat to beat. It was so exciting and such a fun watch. And it was fun to slow down and kind of enjoy the dialogue a little bit more this time around. And I feel like we had some really great questions and a lot of really great answers this week that kind of helped me ground myself, I guess, while I was watching the episode. And so still everything we said, I think, on Sunday rings true. Loved the episode, but it held up even at a slower pace, thinking about some of these broader questions that we had throughout the week. so
1: I feel similarly. I. Really liked the dragon riding scene a lot more. It felt really well done. It felt like it could be the scaffolding of what something like that looks like moving forward in the future. Like maybe there was other kids movies that... People have been looking at that were classics in the past, and I think we might have gotten a new classic to something that has the same energy of of a holiday sort of kids movie, but that's obviously much more moody and something like you would see in The Danger of a Jurassic Park or something. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of the animal, obviously, but it had a, a lot of that same feeling, a lot of that same energy. I like that. And it
0: made me think so much, a scene that really stood out for me in the rewatch was the... I losing scene, which stood out for us on Sunday, but once again, just continue to amplify these kids' rule and their dynamic is so interesting. And I felt like him taking over Vagar, he took on a little bit more of a
1: Immediately after it was a yeah. it was a
0: complete 180. It's him. Uh-huh. That probably
1: helped a little bit.
0: Probably he gets when, to when go you're straight up into a, some drama in
1: hallway. Right. where there's firelight flickering on off the walls like you're in line to go to the Indiana Jones ride. Exactly. Except All your friends are
0: confronting you. It,
1: yeah. Except it's real and they go, it's him. huh. It's the perfect time to you're say, like, yeah. yeah,
0: it's me. <laughs> Me. You Maybe could that's tell the moment that he
1: decided to turn that way.
0: Potentially. But something changed within him, which makes sense as we've been talking about this yeah, relationship. you
1: would change from the, the, the dragon ride, something like a, a this Westerosi version of a rite of passage for someone like him. Mm-hmm. He's been waiting for that. It seemed like he was overdue. He was the only one left over from his crew that hadn't yet found one.
0: Completely. What a way to do it. Well, and so that's why I would say Jace and correct Wait, no, Caraxes is um. You're right. I got Cyrax, the name wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Still a young dragon, That's a young Stamon's kid, dragon. you know they kind of mm-hmm. they grow up together, but Amond was able to grow up a million years over the course of that ride. That ride was pretty harrowing, I would say he <laughs> almost fell off many times and
1: everything but, surrounding it, it being the dragon that everyone was used to being, and for Vagar used to being Lena's dragon mm-hmm. for the longest time, and for it to be right at her wedding, or right at her wedding, her funeral is just so cold for her kids,
0: completely.
1: We didn't get to see a lot of the reactions from everyone else. Mostly just Damon and the kids, but you know the Rainies and Corals were pissed off about it too. Everyone's mad about it. Of I, we haven't got Rainier's reaction yet. Really, mostly just them looking at Amon, and then Amon looking at Rainier when mm-hmm. Amon was saying, "It's fine, Mother. Do not mourn for me."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was looking right at Rainier when he said it. Right, and like we said, we talked about in the last episode, this was our visual representation of the greens and blacks really solidifying which side who would be on which side and it felt pretty good there for a second and then amon says that and then Otto gets his little idea i think that we've had a lot of ideas about how Otto has been thinking since the first episode because we read fire and blood and so we're putting that in there and but you try to watch it and be open-minded and think maybe they're deciding these things behind the scenes but I really like that the show gave us the moment where it seems like Otto really came to the conclusion of, it looks like we've got some more stuff on our side than we previously thought.
0: Well, his we daughter might have to
1: play the ex- exact way that we've been playing. It might not just be court dutifulness. Mm-hmm. It might be... We might have the ability to bend things a little bit. The
0: strength and the power. Well, honestly,
1: had... sorry, honestly, it looks like they're kind of being emboldened by Kristen Cole's willingness to do that to his Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. And the fact that he was able to stay in the Kingsguard, these little cracks of being able to bend, and now amon has got this attitude. Doesn't matter how young he is, he has Vagar now.
0: Mm-hmm, completely. Mm. Well, and Allison, he was able to see something in her that he hadn't seen before. And that as Rhaenyra too. had been saying to her, she's been hiding behind her cloak of, I can't remember the exact word that she used, but righteous, self-righteousness yeah. or something. That's oh, yeah. Totally the cloak been, of self-righteousness, <laughs> that old thing. <laughs> that's totally been Allison's vibe. And so Otto definitely, I think, feels emboldened by his family's actions. They're playing in the way he said that in order to play, I mean, they kind of have to play dirty. And something I found interesting was he was telling Allison in that conversation, you see Rainier for who she is. Yeah. When turn right moments before, Rhaenyra said, not moments, but in the scenes before, mm-hmm. Rhaenyra says to Allison, now they see you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And so there's a self-righteousness ingrained in both of their causes. They
1: don't even see it. They're literally quoted the same exact thing.
0: Exactly. Which I feel like something like self-righteousness and that kind of mindset is so dangerous when it comes to the game that they're playing the game of thrones lol mm-hmm. and so i thought that was i hadn't noticed that last week the yeah, two lines like you
1: were saying when we were watching it if if the helena marriage to just had just worked out then
0: everything would be done this would happen it wouldn't even matter anymore because the blood would still be as pure as it was before mm-hmm. because it's not like all of them have been marrying their siblings this whole time
1: everyone gets what they want and what is now turning into something violent the eye slicing, the fight, maybe it doesn't even ever have to happen, but that's self righteousness.
0: Exactly. Or exactly. just being a
1: little peeved
0: that day whenever Renera asked you at the small council. Allison's look, Allison's very first look in this episode, she gives the dirtiest <laughs> look. It's so awesome. And that's the argument that you were making. You should tell
1: people that's right after Renera looks across at Damon.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, at, yeah. Their yeah. Their yeah the, the first funeral. time we see her. It
1: wasn't just a dirty look, it was like, oh.
0: it was it was very it was a heavy look I something really that an
1: author it. would have a fun time describing
0: mm-hmm.
1: they wouldn't say it would they would compare it to something weird like a misshapen plant or a, <laughs> right. a, a plate of broken eggs or something <laughs> i really appreciated all the small stuff on my second watch the mm-hmm. the little things like rainies and corliss corliss deciding what they thought about damon what they thought about the succession still being in place the current state of viserys's health and how they see their kids playing out with their dynasty and also a little bit of a status update on their relationship that's a that's a really nice and it was shot so well it was shot so pretty and i mean we've come to expect it from tv at this level so it's never a surprise but uh, uh, coming off of watching rings of power and then watching this too it's so fun to be able to see these two different approaches to filming the same sort of aesthetic and um these little moments um small conversations
0: one's really bright
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was a big part of this episode, which I really liked, though. I really liked, and I found myself thinking, as I'm watching on my TV, which you've already discussed, is far inferior to (laughs) yours, that the dark scenes really did look like a struggle, and there was a bit of a burn-in of an image from some YouTube videos that I watch all the time where people stream or uh, broadcast from certain positions, so there was a little bit of lumpiness in those dark scenes from just a worn-out LCD panel, so... I feel like they're playing the long game with the way that they're they're shooting this that people are going to be able to have really brilliant screens made of L- LEDs where the blacks are perfectly perfectly black where almost no light illuminates from it so when these twilight scenes are being filmed they're walking down a rock wall toward the water and the moon has a a glimmering glow that's coming off the seawater that you'll be able to see almost the glow like you would be able to see it in real life that's I think their hope with the way that they're shooting this but with me, I have a bad TV. I can't Not see it right now. Not a nice
0: TV. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really calling out people who haven't upgraded in a couple of years.
1: <laughs> Someone on our Twitter feed from uh, Twitteros was talking about how they watched it on their iPad a second time. Mm. And it was way better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, the iPad's sh- shipped with an over 1080 resolution screen for one. So it scales it down. It's already going to be a little bit more saturated with pixel goodness because you're bringing a big thing to a small thing. And then you have that awesome backlit tiny LED panel from an iPad it's really hard to compete with that so, and your face is right against it and your face it. is right against it I, I honestly wanted to watch today in here with these uh, studio monitors because mm. I knew that we could turn up the sound really loud and the room slightly treated so we could hear all those little weird things that people are whispering mm-hmm. to each other but yeah, there you go. You can watch GOT in a lot of different ways, but I've seen articles people talking about that this week.
0: I think that's a silly thing to say, personally. I know,
1: but I, I there's I, been
0: a lot of convas about it.
1: I think that same thing too. But then I watched it on this TV. It, it was, you know, it was not that. I know. It I wasn't as good.
0: More, <laughs> felt a little more sympathy. <laughs> right.
1: Same, but it's not like it was unwatchable. I think that's a bit extreme. But it was not as good as watching it on your your bigger TV with better, more even lighting and the dark stuff. But it was it looked so good and they made these simple moments so much more grand with the amazing music. You know, you can use we have to use hyperbole because they've put that amount of work into it. Ramin's score is awesome. We had the the same sort of elements from what we've seen from past dragon riding make its way through here. You talked about earlier when um Aemon put his foot down on Vagar's back. That, uh uh-huh, yeah. Sort of right before Danny does D- D- Dracaris from back in the day right. was there. Plus, all just the the musical elements in general from that. Do, 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 do. Oh, I probably shouldn't sing it, but you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> where it sounds slightly Dothraki, so uh-huh. you're like, wait a second, uh-huh. we're not anywhere that's brown and it's nighttime, but it still works. And uh, the lighting, just lenor and Rhaenyra. Rewatch that, everybody. That. Leonor's sitting there, almost with his heads in his, his head. Is, he's leaned over like he's playing a first-person shooter. He's really focused, and he's got this wash of the sunlight beaming from this window in the back third quarter of the the right of the screen. And uh, like I said, it's so cool to see how they do something like Rings of Power versus this right now on the biggest stage at the same time because one is very blockbuster fairy tale feeling, and this has that element of single camera, I'm going to follow you around the room that we really liked from early Game of Thrones, but with that really high-end polish that we liked from the end of 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 when the money really made its way to GOT. It's blending those two things together really well, I think. And giving these characters time that we... I don't know, that I didn't really think that they would get early on. It felt like, especially in the second episode, like Corliss and Damon talking about what they were going to do with the Stepstones, mm-hmm. it felt like these... They wanted us to like this and think it was cool and be into it, but I wasn't that into it. But now I am into what Rainey's and Corliss are saying to each other. And they're, because they're making, for one, long term plans about how they want the lineage of their house to shake out.
0: Well, we haven't heard their opinions on anything really this whole series. We've heard Rainey's talk to Rainera early on about how they passed me up, don't be so sure, essentially. What was that conversation? Maybe episode two? Maybe it was episode three? I
1: think it might have been three.
0: Either way, it was a long time ago at this point. And so being able to hear their explicit conversations, even Rainey says to Corliss, we're by ourselves as husband and wife. Can we just speak plainly? We know that these kids are not... What is Laenors. this mortal
1: life if not a pursuit of
0: legacy? It's so interesting to hear their Why two. Why are you talking like that in your own <laughs> in, in your own house. <laughs> Take your shoes off or something. You're Corliss. I know. But it was really interesting to hear their differing opinions because they are less of a united front than they seem mm. on the other side. And Corliss makes some great points and Rainey's makes some great points. And then this is all before they lose presumably. And so I don't know what those conversations changed behind closed doors after the end of the episode, but I think that I, I I this really stuck out to me on Sunday and it is sticking out to me again when he talks about that your lineage, it doesn't nobody remembers blood. It doesn't matter. This whole thing that's going on not just with their house and with Renara's kids. But with the, the whole the throne in period, it doesn't necessarily matter these little pieces when you have the bigger picture in mind, which is the legacy of House Valerian and how can we be the best of the best. It doesn't matter who is wearing what and who is married to who, as long as we continue to hold a strong front. And that just seems to be something that somebody like Alicent, who's new to the game, or Viserys, who has never had much of a strong hand. He's a little bit too much of a people pleaser. I don't want to say he's never had a strong hand because that's not fair necessarily. But he doesn't have the same force that some of the kings before him had. It seems like the way Corliss describes it that way makes it feel like a duh moment for me. And I know Rainey's disagrees with him. But I found it to be a compelling argument.
1: With Rainey's, it's like, how far back do you got to look? How far apart? At stuff, do you need to plan for? Because if with that point of view, it can almost be endless with how you're trying to manipulate history. If you're thinking about how far ahead, it really doesn't matter what actually happened, but what was written down for. So I feel like she has this hybrid version of obviously being smart and playing within the court, like she has been able to stay who she is, even though something happened that she really didn't like. But with Veneer and Allison, it's personal,
0: deeply. <laughs> so so deep it's a completely different problem. It is.
1: I, th- I like the scale of of this happening to the who's who and never more than in this episode was it clear that part of the king's largest job is making sure that this moving party, wherever they're put together for, is seamless, especially when they're around greater numbers of people. But for something like this, since there was no one else really around that wasn't in the circle because it was a family funeral with the most other influential house in the realm, this was something to really make sure that stuff bad doesn't happen within. And so for a while there, the reception was going just fine. And I, then obviously I mean, shit fine, falls apart.
0: fine from a outsider standpoint, but very clearly... Everybody was giving each other vibes. Yeah, they weren't having an
1: actual good time, but so, nothing
0: happened. Right, yeah.
1: and then it did. So, if this were a bigger thing, like a or something, they probably would have been fine. And we've seen them operate pretty well within those structures. Aside from Viserys' outbreaks thir- or outbursts during the uh, the hunting party <laughs> mm-hmm. at Rhaenyra itself, it was all pretty chill. And the action that's happening is directly related to one of the most valuable things on the planet, which are large. I mean, seemingly from our standard prehistoric creatures, decides to just take a new rider. There's this sub-story that's happening about the scale of stuff. The fact that these are dragons, these are the worst and scariest and biggest thing, and a little kid wants to tame it. And this is just a, I don't want to say family barbecue because this is a funeral, but the vibe of them all being together, we've seen it over and over, and it's got that sort of feeling where it feels just like a little event. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging around, and talking to each other. So it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. But the scale is, like I said, this is the most important moving party that goes about the kingdom. And they just so happen to be here by themselves. And he just so happens to tame the biggest dragon. So I don't know. It's it's a weird trick that's happening. But I feel like the way that they just move the camera between the scenes, the way that they go to the cart when it leaves Driftmark, the way that they're trying to fight against the harshness of the world with really fancy decorations and really heavily solidly built things and really seamless outfits all of our tunics are green all of our tunics are black i'm hoping that we're being shown something to go hey look at this isn't see this for what it is like the relationship between renair and Damon. right whenever otto decides to make up his mind about how to move forward with the king it's like the opportunities that are presenting themselves within this container rather than these people's set up and made up minds about
0: things when you're talking, I'm thinking about Damon and Rhaenyra's conversation and the conversation that Rhaenyra had with the Viserys early on in the season about how fire is this wild and untamable thing, regardless of how much they think they're able to control it. And so, to me, this power almost does kind of feel like the bad guy because... It's the thing that they've leaned on for so long, and now they aren't able to lean on it because both sides have that same force that once just belonged to the one Targaryen family. And so they haven't necessarily had to rely so heavily on politicking or these types of alliances and relationships. Not that they haven't been important because they have. But at the end of the day, they've just been able to kind of pull their dragon down and get everybody to bend to their will
1: yeah they haven't really had to m- see it exactly for what it is right yet. and this is really one of the first times that it's felt real 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 because one of the kids got hurt
0: right and so i don't know if that has anything to do with the point you're trying to make but this idea of this other thing looming over the big picture to me that's this power that is now shared across all sides of the conflict instead of on just one side
1: Yeah, also just I think the sadness sometimes of how decisions are made and how people go based out on how other things have went. You think about the, it's sort of a saccharine feeling about how far off the rails Kristen Cole went so easily or how the Helena marriage would have made things feel nicer between everyone would have made things less bad or if Rainier and Allison at the very beginning of it would have just not rebelled against each other or started
0: rivaling against each other so hard. It seems to me, though, that, well, I think it's clear. We're coming to the end of the will-they-won't-they part of the conflict. And the line in the sand, I think, has been more clearly drawn now than ever before with Allison's move. So for a long time, we were kind of dancing around this gray area, hoping that, Potentially somebody could extend a hand or Viserys could get things under control or Rainier and Allison could see eye to eye. But to me, just the way that that whole scene was shot with like the knife thrown down between the two families felt very definitive to me of, okay, this conflict is. I know that it's been brewing for a long time, but it just felt very definitive to me.
1: Well, when grownups do something like that in front of other grownups. With kids in the room. With kids in the room, too. I mean, those things can go away, but man, especially if you have a way to make them not go away and you can use that for your advantage. And that was definitely Renera being a little bit emboldened there at the edge of it. I was just so surprised by Allison being so cringe on Mm -hmm. wanting to have another kid's eye cut and for Kristen to, for her to be doing that move with Kristen in front of. The his lord commander and in front of the and king, literally and in front of everyone. everyone. What the heck?
0: Except for Leonor. <laughs> yeah, no, it was MIA. What'd I miss? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bold. But as you're saying, now Otto has this, then maybe may have emboldened Otto on, on his side of things. And so it's all has this domino effect. I'm
1: trying to think of how that would have emboldened Otto. I guess she would be more willing to do fucked up shit.
0: Yeah, Is really what it is, right? Well, they that's
1: about her actual uh ability but the fact that she's in the position to be like that
0: she's played the party line for so long and then she stepped out of line and it didn't kill her right. basically right. and so now it's like well screw you guys i can clearly do whatever i want because i was playing by the what i thought were the rules and i stepped outside of those rules and nothing happened so
1: so how obvious is it to you that her kid what what do you think the show is setting up each of her kids to be we've got pretty distinct i mean there's there's they're more distinct than Rhaenyra's kids that feels for sure but it feels so sad they're so soft compared to them but
0: they're supposed to be i think right. plain faced and kind of sad boys yeah,
1: i know but when you think about what the the lineup is it's tough to it's i mean and let's just forget what i was saying let's just talk about the kids themselves who do you like more
0: Harwin, Harwin, who are you
1: more interested in well who, who's more interesting to see on tv
0: Harwin, well, I do want to say Harwin must have been, like, an extreme softie if his kids' jeans were that strong. Because Rhaenyra's got some feistiness that yeah, seems to have been sure. swallowed up by Harwin's niceness in his kids. Are you
1: talking about the nightshirt? <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm definitely more gravitated towards... Aegon and Amon. even Helena is,
1: is super interesting. Way more
0: interesting, and we've been talking for weeks how Aegon is just kingly. His vibe.
1: <laughs> so it's kingly if he just gets really drunk and doesn't want to pay attention to everything. It's kingly if he's got
0: the jawline for it. You know what I mean? Like they just, uh, okay. they just.
1: I didn't, I didn't notice the jawline. Me
0: neither, but his hair. It. You know what I mean? Like the vibe. I get it. You get what it I'm there. trying to say? Yeah,
1: he, you could see the potential for that jawline right. to develop he's as he grows. Still. Yeah. Okay.
0: But I'm I'm way more interested in them not only because Amed now has a dragon, mm-hmm. the coolest dragon of them all.
1: Mm-hmm. Dangerous.
0: He like I said, handled this
1: that... the the tears, sorry, go on, but there's the tears of the danger here is it's hard to really process. Just like the tears of their the dangers of this kind of stuff going down, it's hard right. to process. it's right. a, just the highest stakes for any conversations we could be watching really on this planet. What are right. you going to
0: say? I was just saying he handled the situation of Vagar so well. He's been paying attention and so desperate for this moment and he did not back down. And I think that that is so cool. So that makes him extremely fascinating. And so you look at Jace and Luke and Luke doesn't even want to be the Lord of Driftmark. He's just, sad. he's too young. Yeah. They're too sad. Like both of them are too young. That
1: means everyone will be dead.
0: It's really sad. With Jace talking about how they should be at Heron Hall, that broke my heart because he was like, "We, I'm sad too. Nobody's comforting me because my dad is no I'm not allowed to talk about my dad, you mm-hmm. know." And so I think the pressure of the two of them seems to be high. And so you look at somebody like Agan and Amond who maybe have the flexibility of not having to have this major family secret on their shoulders, like they can be a little bit more showy that may sound so and show off their personality. So. And their
1: mom's pretty feisty too.
0: Exactly. And so is her dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so things just are, they're not in the shadows. They don't have to be in the shadows quite as much. So I just find their storyline really compelling, which is hilarious because it's completely they're the Allison's opposite kids. when it talks. Well, yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to the adults,
1: yeah.
0: I find it's, Rainier way more.
1: It's that annoying balance that George has written where Rainier's got the succession on Locke, but. Her kids don't have it online as much so as boring. Allison's kids do. Right, e- even just comparing, who would follow? Even even comparing just Allison's kids, straight up, they're gonna be like Aegon. I don't know. Seems like that he looks like you, Viserys. Is he, people, you can. It's just there's a lot in their favor.
0: His name's Aegon, the first. Exactly.
1: His name's Aegon. Get out of here. What would
0: I? What would you say about the kids?
1: Allison's kids and Viserys's kids are super interesting. I think that Amon has this weird self possessed. Intellect of a situation that makes him fun to watch because he's more aware of what's happening. And the way that he stood by the idea of marrying his sister when they were talking about it. It's just like, okay, we like this guy, even though he's bad. But we also like Damon's daughters and we like Rhaenyra's sons and seeing him be evil to them so quickly. It's the second he got emboldened. He came back and was really adored because it seemed like he wanted to say something during the funeral. And maybe wanted to connect in some way. It's like he could also be the nicest if he mm-hmm. really wanted to try. But he's decided he's chosen to be this way because he got Vagar, And he knows what that could mean.
0: And because he has a chip on his shoulder. They were mean to him.
1: Yeah, but it was mostly Aegon. And Aegon's right about it. It's kind of a twat.
0: Sure, but when you're a kid, you don't see that as clearly. If you're as
1: lucid as he seems to be, sure. then it feels like he's making a mindful decision to be this way. Probably. Just to me. It's, it doesn't seem fair.
0: I think that you're right. And now it feels like he
1: can, and it seems like something that his mom would do, too. That's the kind of thing that she would do, where it's—I mean, we haven't really seen her be that way because she's shown shakeability at the idea of bad things happening, and when she's learned about, for example, what Laris did, that really sucked, too. But even talking to her dad doesn't seem like she's faking her idea of decency to him every time they talk
0: privately. Well, she was— Clinging so hard to this idea that she'd been so much in the wrong. So I, I don't, I agree with you. Like, I don't think that there's. It's
1: like she wants to be a good person. Yeah. And exactly. she's not aware of what she leans toward the second that she has to come up with something where it's not just the same boring, even security that's there. You married the king, your father's a high tower. It's always been this comfortable. There's always been some kind of maneuverability to get into positions that you want to be, but something bad happens, you get tested. And something that really annoys you, which is anything that involves Rhaenyra getting her way in some some way, some regard, in an embarrassing situation like that when your kid's involved. So that's what you do. I mean, I don't know. It's got – I don't want to talk about how their DNA coming from their their folks and their folks' folks might fuel how fiery or – how they might make a decision based on what's happening but that's kind of the, also the point of the story there was a chance for it to go another way and it looked like amond just like with Vagar, has set himself apart from all the kids and pretty much i mean he is similar to someone like damon his his desire to be roguish they, they called him auto calls him a rogue he's talking about his grandkid And he's like, that rogue just set us up. Mm -hmm. It's like if Austin, not Austin Powers. I was going to say Austin Powers. It's like (laughs) if Justin Bieber, it's like if Justin Bieber was like your grandkid and all of a sudden he becomes a multi billionaire success. You're like, that rogue did it.
0: Right. Right. Something I found interesting as well is when Otto was directing Allison to go back to Viserys again.
1: Oh, yeah. This time with more of a, a strong firm grip on giving her exact directions yeah. rather than giving her vagaries. He was like, do this exactly, and then you can come back on me, and our plan will work. There's really no discussion that there ever was a plan or an agreement, but he says, this game we play is like that. It is rife and tough, and sometimes you got to be tough, and you can be rough. So guess what? We've been playing a game this whole time.
0: We have and it's dragons. not just you versus Venera, Right, it's all of us. we got more dragons now. We got a drama-fueled situation that didn't necessarily go our way, but all press is good press. And and Cole's on our side. and Cole's You're on the our queen. side. Our sons are grown. You're the queen. I loved how Aemond, not Aemond, Agan when Viserys asked him, "Tell where did you hear these rumors? And so clearly and so plainly, Agen is just like, he's almost baffled that somebody would even ask him that question. Mm. He's like, Everybody knows. This isn't a secret this isn't a secret. Just look at them. Everybody knows. And so I think also feeling feeling empowered by the fact that the cat's out of the bag. And not that it hasn't been out of the bag because it's very clear, but that it was spoken so plainly, so openly in such a large group setting like that is going to just only add more fuel to the fire. So one of our I'm gonna go into one of our questions if that's okay, because it kind of reminds me of those of what? Is to come, but one of the questions that we asked is how Viserys and Allison in the realm will react to Rhaenyra and Damon's marriage. But we skip so far ahead for the next episode. So we've got, I don't know exactly how many years, I think maybe five again, or some large jump ahead of time. And so that is so much time to continue to draw people to their cause or to continue to have these backdoor conversations or for these feelings to fester about Rayner and Damon's marriage or about the knife incident or about XYZ. And so now the kids are even more entrenched in, this is such a pivotal moment for these Mm -hmm. little guys. And so the kids are even more entrenched in these factions that have been pulled. And so I think that all of that is only more helpful to somebody like Otto because instead of having to quietly pull the strings behind closed doors, which he's pretty good at, he was successful in getting Alicent into Viserys' ear, It's always going to be easier if you can make these money moves with a bigger audience or with a bigger group around you. And we're seeing those numbers grow.
1: Yeah, it's a shame they didn't get the Valerians on their side who are unsure about Damon. But since he has actual kids with them.
0: Yeah. Luckily, they got those family ties. Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
1: There's a lot of time if it's five years. It's
0: been a significant amount of
1: time. And the time between the jump and the next two episodes, that's going to be all of that built-in time for both of their moms to tell them how to think and feel about the situation when they've so clearly made up their minds about how this is actually going to mm-hmm. shake out. Once you, once you get cut, and for Veneer, once you've had that opportunity to let everyone see her, to, to poke her enough to make her lose it like that. Then we're basically sort of like diving off a diving board into their full-scale rivalry.
0: We saw Otto sitting on the throne. Oh, yeah. In the trailer, which is stressful for the Viserys situation. But think about how much happened between episodes 5 and 6, 4 and 5. When we got the new set of actresses, there was it was significant, the tonal shift was intensified by way more than I was expecting. And so, I think going into this episode, I can't remember off the top of my head, like I said, how much time is between them, but enough for Eamon to look old he's got like mm-hmm. really intense features now which uh, you cannot have as a young child so it's been a handful of years but looking forward to seeing how some of those riffs intensify because we're just at the beginning of and the very early whispers of this explosive family conflict
1: but what even is the conflict now at this point
0: it doesn't matter anymore and that's that is such a classic I feel like that you hear all these stories of these old family rivalries that go back forever and ever. And nobody even remembers why they started in the first place. <laughs> and so I think that might be part of the narrative, which is, does anyone even remember specifically what this is about other than we don't like each other? And I think each side has some things to point to, like the I, the bastard kids, <laughs> Those things, but
1: yeah, but no one got hurt by the bastard kids thing. Again, that's just being annoyed. I
0: I agree, but Allison feels hurt by it, and so I know, <laughs> I know,
1: and so does Christine He feels I know. very hurt too.
0: So that's enough. He took to my honor
1: I guess I'm going to keep being a Kingsguard.
0: That's enough to <laughs> spur this.
1: Feel like he stopped being a Kingsguard.
0: No, I mean, no, literally, nothing. he's
1: not at the walls.
0: Literally nothing gilded. happened to him. Stewing. Literally nothing happened to him. Hmm. And so...
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're fighting about anything. I know it wasn't an eye for an eye, but she got her pretty good in the forearm there.
0: And so, it's al- what's well, going to be dis- the next thing
1: to get pissed off right. about, honestly? Right.
0: That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I'm looking forward to that. So it seems from the episode that there's some pretty good clashes. Um,
1: I like the way that they're adapting this. I really like the way they're adapting this. I thought the way that they turned the... The Amon dragon taming scene into the conflict that included a couple more of the kids. Everything was just, I mean, it was it was good. To make Driftmark feel like a hard home. I know. To feel like something that shifted what you thought they could do with the TV show. And showed you just that they were thinking, of, they wanted something cool to show you. And that's not just the Lano reveal at the end, but the way that they've set all this up. You know the way that it was all put together. You can break it down, and it seems a little bit less impressive once you break it down. But it's the feeling that you got when the execution of it, the when
0: weight you, of it all.
1: Well, yeah, when you when you see it, it it brings a, it it br- it brings a different feeling to this kind of what is just drama. Um, and and it marries that it, it's just a big hope that you would hope to get out of a good story. But I feel really excited and uh, chuffed, to be quite honest, that it happened in a <laughs> fantasy TV show. Mm-hmm. I really like Mad Men, but the fact that it's happening with dragons, come on. And the dragons it's a don't look treat. cheesy. It's a, yeah, exactly. They don't look cheesy. They look scary, but mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Come on.
0: I feel nostalgic for it, to be honest, already. Well, kind of sad. It,
1: it's been a week since we had this style of episode get dropped on us in the fantasy environment. And yeah, I just hope that it keeps going that way. I know it's a big ass to... To, to get an impact like that. I know a lot of people talk about something like the Battle of the Bastards and making it a big Im- impression on them, but it, that was just chasing the feeling that some of those earlier episodes in GOT got to and what made so many people go, oh, this is for real. And we kind of got that in this episode, and the most action we got was a, a kid trying to climb on the back of a dragon. I wish that he had more episodes. He was so good.
0: I was thinking the same thing. When he his after the episode interview when he was talking about it was five kids. It was mental. <laughs> yeah. I liked his vibe so much. He was really, this. he, I feel like was such a standout actor in this scene. You could read on his face. And as he was running up to claim the dragon and looking around during the funeral, how hurt and like desperate he was for some sort of not attention, but recognition or, something he's the number two guy you know he's not the number one sib and so he's about
1: to be number one i know whenever we uh we saw our friend uh, emmett who does another a song of ice and fire podcast on his birthday and it took about two minutes to get to talk about the episode and the first thing he said was the energy, I can't remember the exact quote, but the energy of the first thing he said was, I didn't get Euron in the show before, but it looks like we're getting him now. Oh, my goodness. There was a, yeah. there was a hope there for it that that energy from uh-huh. Euron Greyjoy was coming through with Amon. And, uh, God, the kids set it up so good.
0: The kids are just stellar, standout, unbelievable. Once again, you know, we transition to this new group storyline, and it continues to get better and better and better, so... I'm gonna miss the new guy. Looks pretty intense. <laughs> he almost looks like Damon a little bit.
1: But I'm yeah, looking forward to seeing how that. They're calling him Damon 2.0 on in the internet. Are they? I mean, it's sense? hard not to look exactly the same when you have all the same color hair and the and same. If way, you just grow it out, and, yeah. The actor who played young Amon is Leo Ashton. By the way, so Love shout you, out Leo. to you.
0: Killing it! I wanted to pivot to our questions that we asked this week, and the first one we asked is: Lenore is alive. Will he play a role in future episodes? Or is this the last time we see him? And it brought up this question that I wasn't even thinking about if he's alive or dead, what that means for his dragon at all. Oh, yeah. And we see that Amon is able to. Right now. He's like,
1: Where are you going? <laughs> well, exactly. Is he going to follow, follow Lanor.
0: That's kind of something, I don't know, there's been a lot of discussion and we can't get too deep into it because it's pretty fire and blood spoily. But Aemond was able to claim Vagar because vegar's rider was gone and yeah. was actually dead mm-hmm. and so if Leonor continues to live out in the world somewhere what does that mean for his dragon will somebody be able to claim his dragon over him is him abandoning his dragon enough to sever the relationship or what that might look like and so i thought that was something interesting and an implication about Leonor being alive in the TV show versus in the books where he's clearly dead. What do you think? What that might mean.
1: Do you think that Sea Smoke will follow or not? Or wait, you know, because sometimes dragons are left behind.
0: I think the whole reason why Lanor left was to be released from and relinquished from his duties, and so he can't bring his dragon with him. Sure,
1: so he's leaving Sea Smoke then.
0: Of course, because if he's going to so go into hiding, will
1: anybody be able to tame Sea Smoke?
0: That's what that's what the question is. I think. What do you think? That's what I'm not sure. My initial gut would say no. That your dragon's going to stay loyal to you, but just because you're gone there seems to be this extra tie to them other than friendship. There seems to be some sort of mystical bond between a dragon rider and his dragon. And so the thought of Lenor being alive somewhere and his dragon being connected to somebody else feels strange to me. Like you can't just walk away from a bond like that. But he did fake his own death and shave his head and completely disavow <laughs> everything. And so maybe that's enough to cut the bond as well
1: maybe that would be a stretch i think but i think so too if they're gonna say that with the show i'll buy it i'll go with it because he did make a pretty drastic change i mean would sea smoke even recognize lanor without that beautiful hair
0: (sighs) i know it's really sad to see it go probably a big (laughs) a
1: a big investment that was a big decision for him i think that we're gonna find out because those dragons that are around are important so sea smoke being tamed or not It's going to be something, I'll be curious to see how they handle that, Mm -hmm. because there's some book-to-screen details that might, it's just choosing on their attention to detail with that, how they choose to adapt it will reveal, I guess, how much it matters. Exactly. How do we handle the dragons and their riders whenever, I don't want to say whenever people start dying, but if people start dying.
0: Well, so at Days Mardo on Twitter asked a lot of great questions about kind of what happens, and the last of the questions is can the dragon rider bond be tricked with a fake death? Hmm. And it's like, you're saying we're we're going to, we're going to lose people. I mean, war is about to break out. I think that that's, I think it's fair for us to speculate that we're going to continue to lose people. And so it feels too simplistic for some bond that's supposed to be this ancient thing where they draw their whole power from to be able to be tricked or faked. But if what if it is though? I don't know if that if we're supposed to think. You think about like the relationship between John and Ghost. I know this isn't a warging situation, but you think about like John and Ghost and John trying to tell Ghost to go away, and that didn't work out for John.
1: Right, but he was able to leave. But their bonding is different. It's not like was, I know people want to be best friends with the dire wolf necessarily, but totally. that would be an interesting thing. They're like you hang you hang out with me now,
0: right. but you know so people this, are going to
1: want to do that with Sea Smoke.
0: Right, this idea of some. Some sort of precedent we have for mystical creatures in there.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I'm curious as to how they handled this specifically, and uh, with this loose end of a Valerian rowing away. Does anyone think that this is going to be the last time we see Lanor?
0: Curtis, more official, considering how long it took Gendry to row to his destination. <laughs> no shot we see Lanor yeah. again.
1: <laughs> I mean, they are constantly calling back to the original show, so maybe Lanor will. It'll be a, a slight return. We'll mm-hmm. say much later.
0: Page Boyer 9 says, I hope we don't see Laenor again. He deserves happiness, and Renara deserved to do one good thing.
1: Act <laughs> 29 is going to be a Gandalf moment at some point. That's what I'm saying.
0: I think that it's 50-50 that we would see him again, potentially. I think I'm that. gone, sorry. Well, I think that from both a book reader and a non-book reader's perspective, we see people return in A Song of Ice and Fire all the time. Mm-hmm. And somebody like Laenor is a big enough figure that either we see him show up at some other point along the way when he's off in some distant land and we're like, hey, we know that guy. <laughs> Jeez. Or we see him show up again as the conflict continues to arise. Brings do Sarah Targaryen. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a precedent for family members being either kicked out or leaving and them showing up in other ways, in other people's stories or in actuality well there's definitely gonna
1: come a time where the fact that the remarriage to Damon happened and it only could have happened because Laenor is dead is gonna be something that people don't care about
0: oh exactly what are we just
1: keeping it all together for the old people in the room right that being Viserys and probably Rainey's and Corliss. <laughs> and
0: Allison's energy. Yeah, Allison's energy. So depending
1: on where Allison's energy goes and where those old people end up staying around, I I think that there's a pretty big opening for him. And I don't want to talk about the other stuff that we were tweeted about because uh, they are potential spoilers.
0: But go to our Twitter.
1: Yeah, go to our Twitter. Something
0: along the same lines, So Question three that we asked, them, we can skip back to question two. Corliss and Rainey's lost both their kids. How will they respond? And Kay Michelle at Bell Martel on Twitter says, "I think um, Rainier will have to let them in on the secret at some point. I think they'll still be around a lot since their grandchildren are blah 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 whatever. But I think that first point there. And we had a couple other people who made similar comments. Of Sarah Connolly back also said a similar thing, like if Sea Smoke never gains a new rider." Then wouldn't you think something was fishy was potentially happening?
1: Never does, then for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: like if, if it's, if well, nobody's what? able to claim. Hmm. I know that hmm.
1: some dragons go for a exactly. while. Exactly. I was about yeah. to say, I know
0: that some dragons don't get claimed again, but I wonder if, or if that would just hurt Rainey's more. Yeah. You know, my That's, son wanted to abandon his life to go live his own self. It's like I'm not I said, sure. whenever
1: the energy at least of keeping the old people satisfied with what, situation they might think is the best way to do stuff then whenever that goes we can just tell tell them
0: what be open and about it, it. it
1: would probably make the alliance a lot stronger i would be i wouldn't be surprised if in the next episode everyone knows Lanor's still alive this is a pretty big wrench to be thrown in um from an adaptation perspective and so i think they could do some really neat stuff with it and uh, it really rests on what happens with sea smoke and however much they think they can trust Rainey's and Corliss. Right. right. Rainey's going to be pissed off, though, because that was probably one of the craziest cries I've seen in a TV show in oh, a long time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Well, Amos Diggory.
0: Truly, like, the Rough. same energy. Yeah, Corliss is, like, in my literal own hall. Mm-hmm. This is my living room
1: yeah he never gets mad enough that's one thing about corliss he's he's pretty stoic i I don't know if that's what i expected when i heard about corliss valerian but it's cool that he can be that sailor and be that chill about pretty much everything
0: He's seen way too much yeah, I guess. to be able to flip out I over guess. something. It's I know like it's he his did kids, a lot though. of
1: DMT and he's just constantly <laughs> pulled out from the whole thing. He's but just he's, like, yep. This he's is already
0: just. numb. His daughter was just died, you know? And so then to lose your son on top of it yeah, that's the what same I mean. At that, that time,
1: you go chase down the king's carriage and be like, what are we going to do about exactly. all this? Something.
0: You would hope that this will then strengthen his relationship and tie. I mean, the, all they have left is their grandkids. And Randy's wants to give the inheritance to Lena's kids and so to strengthen that and so you know whatever ends up happening with that but I think that now they just need to we had um, Murphy on Instagram said they'll have to go all in on the grandkids
1: yeah which makes sense And the
0: the, grandkids are on the side they uh, got nice grandkids though
1: that's the problem they They have cutie grandkids grandkids. they're actual nice people
0: but that's fine let other people
1: (laughs) lip Randy's, and Damon carry that I know <laughs> We'll be your bad guys for you Bad guys with good guys behind you See, that could be powerful
0: You need a healthy mix in there
1: Would you call Rani a bad guy then? Just because she's kind of mad sometimes
0: no, because even in her potential bad guy moment, she helps Lanor escape and do what he truly wants to do. He's yeah. been on. She says in this episode to Damon, he's been on the outs for a long time. And and Lanor even says to her, "I've been devoted to you for ten years." Mm-hmm. He wants to go fight somewhere.
1: Way to make that decision easy for us. Then. Exactly. Yeah. It's so
0: helpful for everybody involved. It
1: really is helpful. Thank you.
0: So she's doing everybody a solid, and she still gets what she wants. And so I wouldn't see that as a bad guy move necessarily.
1: What do you think they're going to think about the marriage, though?
0: Yeah, it's a good question because it's gonna—it's such a long jump. I wonder how much we're actually gonna see them talk about. We have at Ghost Chase Killa who says, "With the expected time jump in the next episode, we won't see it. May we? Maybe we will again see the reaction, and then goes into some Fire and Blood book stuff. So maybe we won't specifically see. Oh my gosh, Damon and Rainer are married." It up, some it'll be brought up either in something that they well, that do, their vibe, yeah. choices that they make. I think that it it makes sense. <laughs> that would that be it a, might come a fun on.
1: scene though, if we got some a page boy brought in the news that Rhaenyra and Damon just been married, right? Or they had to tell them officially because they they they, they want them to be on their side. We have
0: two things this, to tell you. Yeah, Lannor is dead, and Rhaenyra and Damon got married. They're like, no, we know Lannor is dead. We <laughs> pulled his, right. his body out of the fireplace. <laughs> oh, that's true. But you think about like Viserys. Does it, Viserys know that Lannor is dead at this point? Amy 4 says they married so quickly there will be talk that they conspired to kill Laenor.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. There's
1: got to be something on that. Potentially. Got to be. How much do they trust Rhaenyra? How much does Rhaenys trust Rhaenyra at this point? We know how she feels about Damon, And they're going to think Damon's definitely capable of that.
0: I don't think that much because something that stood out to me was Rhaenys gives Rhaenyra this look. This deep look at the funeral and doesn't talk to her. She kind of walks away from her when Rainera is standing by the drinks or something. I don't remember what she was. They were standing somewhere and getting something, and Rainey's walked up and then walked away, mm. and didn't even acknowledge her in any sort of way. So we so, make of that to, I made that out to be whoa, Rainey's is not on Team Rainera. Not right vibing now. with
1: Rainera, or maybe they have an understanding and there's no need to speak.
0: Sure, potentially. I could have been reading that too into that, but that was at the beginning of the episode before we got to the knife pole scene, which got
1: to be helpful that they're kids though.
0: Our oh, friends. that's the most important thing of them the of it all at all. The kids and the kids are yeah. friends. Yeah. Nothing else matters, I feel like, other than that. So it makes me wonder and think about if Alicent will be threatened by Raynera and Damon's marriage. And I know that she's going to react to it, obviously, but I guess threatened in like a fearful way instead of uh her kind of she's been a little holier than now. I wonder if she'll be threatened in like a fearful way of like, ah, that's good there's question. less people on my side or not, not that at all but you know what I mean like um, my position is their position is getting stronger so I can't break that apart because their family is only tying closer together
1: yeah because it's the guy who is gonna be the heir and the girl who is now the heir right have gotten to, together and they're they have each other's backs it seems stronger than my husband has my back and I have the ear of two men that I don't sleep with and they're I guess three if you count auto, which I'm just going (laughs) to take a guess that's not happening there. And uh, obviously, Rhaenyra and Damon are sleeping with each other. It just feels like more solid of a situation. Right. And so, yeah, I think she's definitely thinking about that. That's definitely crossing through her mind. I think that she's going to be judging by the look of Rainier just gazing at Damon, getting a look at him after all this time. Look how she didn't hide that look at all. This is... Probably what she wants to happen the least. Something that she didn't really have time to think about, I think, at the end of Driftmark because she was so stuck on thinking about what happened to da- to Amon.
0: Since day one, she hasn't wanted it to exactly. happen. Exactly.
1: So she got a little distracted, but now it's going to come into the focus. Right. And yeah, I think it's going to be something that she's going to have to toy with. <laughs> and Kristen Cole's going to have a bunch of things to say My about gosh. it. And Laris is going to insist on... A handful of things that might be done to even the score a little bit. Well,
0: she said, Alison said at the end of this episode, she was like, the day will doubtless come when I require such a friend. Yeah, She's not even brushing him off. She's like, yeah, eventually it's going to happen, but maybe not right now. There's
1: breakdown happening within the Kingsguard, basically.
0: Totally. I mean,
1: it's, I'm surprised that our time jumps are lasting so long, but it makes sense because no one wants stuff to actually explode. So it's more realistic that it's taking so much time for this stuff to to happen that way.
0: Our last question that we asked was predictions for episode 8, The Lord of the Tides.
1: The Lord of the Flies.
0: (laughs) And so (laughs) we clearly see the conflict continues to rise between everybody.
1: Like a sea, it rises just like the tides. The Lord of the Tides. Who would be Lord of the Tides? If I'm Lord of the Tides, it means that everyone is dead. Wait a second. If we're looking for a new Lord of the Tides, you know what that means? What? That there is no longer a Lord of the Tides. Who is Corliss? I don't know if that's what happens, but that's the name of this episode.
0: They say in the trailer that he's been hurt pretty badly
1: all you and people so, with this trailer talk.
0: okay i am sorry.
1: I saw no no it's good it's good one of us is watching it's a spoiler. the trailer i'm trying to enjoy it in a certain way and it's not good for theory crap
0: we gotta stop asking questions about the predicting <laughs> for the no, next no, no. episode i like to see people guess and i like to guess too
1: here i have a i have a guess for everyone i guess that Otto will some at some point in the episode sit on the iron throne
0: right we saw multiple shots of him on the iron throne which does not make me feel good I it know. does not make me feel and
1: i've Have felt so good about seeing Otto and react to these small things, but I don't like the idea of that guy having unbridled power. I like I like him where he is. I like him planning hunting trips,
0: especially with this. Like we're saying, the acceleration of everything and that clearly, Otto is showing his hand to Allison. Of this is a plot, and now he's sitting on the iron. He's going to show it
1: to Renira too. Mm -hmm. And before it's all just been you know some kind of a a guess, a suspicion in the back of our mind. Oh boy. Okay, so it's. Called the Lord of the Tides. I don't know why. Okay? (laughs) I don't know why anyone uh, guessed that. But uh, we have a comment here from John Mack who said, the last major jump, last new actors. I'm assuming that is common knowledge to people who look into the casting information about the series. So apparently there's not a new generation, or I wouldn't call it a generation. There's not another skip cast for these characters. So as far as we know, unless they've kept it under serious lock and key, we're going to be locked in with that age of Amon that you saw, which to everyone that has read Fire and Blood that's listening right now means that you can make some assertions or you can ascertain if you'd like. What will happen by the end of this season? This being, we have three more Mm -hmm. Sunday, the following Sunday and the one after that. (sighs) Perfect Halloween material. All right. Yeah, him with the, patched eyes, so maybe we we'll, we will get certain.
0: Things. Are you going to be aiming for Halloween?
1: No, already my me. costume is behind you right now. <laughs> okay. It's a large wolf.
0: <laughs> See a lot of eye patches coming out this year.
1: <laughs> there used to be music here, but we're doing it with our mouths.
0: Um, that's it for our questions this week. We, if you want to follow along on our questions, if you want to participate, answer any of the questions we talked about today, you can find those usually on our Twitter, or on our Instagram. We usually post them in the middle of the week, but now we will get to my favorite part of. Everything we do, our owns
1: from one zero 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 one one zero one zero one, Etsy wearing thirteen owned to Amon for claiming a fucking dragon and turning into a badass immediately he was really feeling himself afterwards, and how could you not
0: <laughs> at Chris d j c four owned to Allison for channeling her inner bride of Chucky with that dagger.
1: Emily Goulian owns to all of us feeling warm and fuzzy as Lanor and Carl sell in the sunset and pretending Daemon did not just kill some <laughs> poor guy with his bare hands.
0: I noticed that this episode. I was like, wait a second. At Training Maester, own to everybody involved in the quote unquote kill Lanor scheme, but not really.
1: At Danny Gone Bad, own to me for not smashing up the place when Amon claims the big baby he does not
0: deserve. Kyle R, owned to Aegon for keeping it real with everyone knows father. After Eamon lies and throws him under the bus, and a pity owned for poor Corliss and Rainey's. I wish I could say things will get better for them.
1: At Bookish, I own to Aegon, all my boy wants to do is drink and jerk it. Also owned to Eamon for his villain origin story.
0: At Hugo Cast, own to the Maester on duty for teaching us about the proper, kni- proper knife wound care and how Valerian Steel cuts clean, and owned to the showrunners for making us look forward to Sunday night.
1: At Everyone's Mad Here, I hate the gods for making me as they did. I do not. You're an honorable man with a good heart. It's a rare thing. Own to Renera for seeing the storm coming and saving who she can.
0: At Celia Examinda. Own to the writers for including Bela and Reyna in the Amond versus Strong Boys fight. Loved Bela punching Amond
1: At McGarrity. They fear what else we might be capable of. And there's more. Own to the dance between Rhaenyra and Alicent for how exceeded the hype and the fantastic symbolism. The end of this dance foreshadows the beginning of another. Own to young Amond and Vagar. I thought for a moment that we were going to get a hiccup, toothless moment with a nose-to-hand touch. Just kidding, it was epic. <laughs> Own to the freaking writers and showrunners for the swerve with Lanor. All three accounts of fire and blood were lame or contrived, but here Damon and Rhaenyra plot a way to be together, not brutally murder a good man, and actually give him a shot at a new life. We can discuss the puzzle pieces of redacted, redacted, redacted separately from this because <laughs> of reasons.
0: Cheeps on Twitter owned a hot D for keeping Lanor alive. Fire emoji.
1: At Tom, LC Tom Snow, Lord Commander Tom Snow owned to aim upgrading from a pig with wings to the biggest living dragon. Hashtag pit my ride. He didn't steal her. She chose him.
0: Headphones, Neil owned to that ending for pulling off a medieval Star Wars Attack of the Clones ending with a little Revenge of the Sith action to top it off.
1: Joshua Souza owned to that tiny moment when Damon stops Kristen and gives him his knowing smirk, like he wants Kristen to risk attacking him. <laughs>
0: At Connor Targaryen, my own goes to the titular island of Driftmark for standing on its own legs as the sole location of this episode. High Tide looked phenomenal. And of course, who doesn't love long walks <sighs> along the beach at the, that end of, <laughs> <laughs> that, that end with catching up with your uncle?
1: Charlie Sharpie, own to all of the child actors who are absolutely killing it and, my heart, and making my heart ache for the future. Own to Sweet Luke for his understanding of what it means to gain the title Lord of Driftmark. Poor sweet kids learning so early about death and owning my heart.
0: Sweet summer children. Tony Cortez of LA owned to Eamon holding his own against four until the knife came e- out.
1: At Eamon, White Wolf, absolutely not Team Green, but have to give my first own to Eamon. Stood in front of the world's biggest dragon and still didn't flinch when she was ready to burn him alive. He earned that dragon. Another own to Lainor. I was happily surprised by him.
0: At Whisper and Moan, own to Westerling. He knows what's up between Cole and Allison.
1: At Bell Martell, owns my own is not Lainor and Carl getting to finally be free. Secondary, oh, let's try this again. At Martell, my own is to not Laenor and Carl finally being free. Secondary, own to the very extra Valyrian wedding.
0: Kathy Theodore, own to Rhaenyra for showing Alicent her place. Rhaenyra 2, Alicent 0.
1: At Street Savage Cold, my own goes to the real Otto Hightower standing up. Will the real Otto Hightower... Parentheses, Slim Shady. Please stand up. True color is I wasn't gonna sing that. I know I thought about it. You, <laughs> you probably felt, wanted I me to. I'm not gonna do it. True color is <laughs> finally coming out. Also Vagar, holy shit.
0: Baby blue tinfoil. Moan goes to the writers.
1: Sweet Melissa. Own to the episode itself for very distinctively drawing a line in the sand amongst the players of the game. And I would also add Melissa or hashtag game board set. I would also add a literal dagger line. Thrown down, just in case you we were confused. Almost completely actually scratched in the sand.
0: At Jessica Rashad, my own goes to Allison's face after Viserys called her Emma. She was shook and embarrassed.
1: At Fox and Brambles, own to Rhaenyra for not being... The only one to ride a dragon and own to our first look at Sunfire.
0: At Abenara, my own goes to the look Sir Harold Westerling gave to Kristen Cole, reminding him that the Kingsguard protect and certainly do not harm children. Hashtag funerals are the worst. Hashtag eye for an eye. And own to Prince Aemond, who used jealousy, tenacity, and courage to bind himself and claim the magnificent and massive Vagar. Hashtag Vager has a new rider now. Hashtag the kids are not all right.
1: Angie, HyperBella23, owned to Bela for showing sympathy to Jace by taking hold of his hand. Hashtag family. So cute.
0: Mary says Dracaris at Maester Mary, owned to Agen's very teenage looks of Borden and binge drinking at the funeral. Oh, yeah,
1: you know, that that teenage binge drinking <laughs> at a funeral. <laughs> Steph Breitbach, owned to my TV apparently because I had no issues seeing this episode in contrast to all of Twitter right now. Swar's hand.
0: <laughs> Jose Luis Artidia owned to Aemond. He got the biggest dragon still living, Vicenna's dragon.
1: At White's King, the Night King, my own goes to Damon for totally not being responsible for Lanor's death.
0: At Crash 2K18, owned to the brightness settings on my TV because they didn't learn from everyone complaining about the long night being too dark. Also owned to Reynera the ally. She stops Lanar when he is lamenting who he is and sets him free from the false life he was forced to live. I don't care for either team, but that easily won me over to her side.
1: Eric Flores. Owns to my brave boy Aemon One-Eye for getting Veigar and has the right of life. K2.
0: Owned to Viserys for calling Alicent Emma.
1: Joseph Pollock. Pollock? At Citabell. My own goes to the amazing music this episode. That Daenerys theme that reoccurred during the dragon claiming scene was terrific. You see.
0: At LMG nine four one oh Lauren owned to Viserys for trying to figure out WTF happened.
1: Cal MFing Drogo at Drogo the Call. Owned to the collective screamed to the fandom when we thought Rainier was actually having Laenor murdered.
0: Rob McDonald owned to Aemon, do not warn me, mother, it was a fair exchange. I may have lost an eye, but I gained a dragon.
1: At ghost chase Killa owned to that prick Aemon, the only time he'll get one from me for going for it with Vagar. Pretty excellent. Then an immediate own to Jason Luke for stepping in to defend their cousins from that same prick, Amon. I swear he can only be cool in short short spurts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daryl at Black Madness 317, owned to Raynero for finally calling out Allison's self-righteous BS.
1: Geo's reviews. Onus Leno basically said, fuck it, I'm out. I mean, he ditched his wife and family, but. Go live it up in Essos, man.
0: Game of Thrones quotes says, owned to the CGI buzz- budget, dragons.
1: At Beauty Brienne, owned to Carl and his new friend Greg for getting out of Westeros while getting was good.
0: Jason Alden, Lone Wolf Guardian. My own is how to steal a dragon after a funeral to someone loses an eye.
1: Corey Goff, owned to Jeff Mark for being a kick-ass setting for this episode.
0: At Elizabeth Bird, my own goes to Eamon for taking a dragon for on a joyride.
1: Fake Maynard Plum, owned to the Blood Raven reference, worth a thousand times the price. A thousand eyes in one. We're gonna try to see Blood Raven and everything, guys. <laughs> they can say a thousand sometimes, <laughs> but also yes.
0: At a little bird, or at little wolf bird, owned to Rhaenyra and Lainor, and by extension, Damon and Carl for owning my ability to breathe.
1: Beverly Bernice, owned to that little one-eyed turd. Gotta give it to the kid. <laughs> I guess it's a tough word. No, it wasn't in there. Got to give to the kid to approach Vagar like that.
0: The ghost bear Vagar for making Amond really work for it.
1: Unholy Kev, I should have been there. Those should be our house words. <laughs>
0: The tattered princess, own of course to Lenor for getting to finally live his true life. Heartbroken for his parents though.
1: Darren Sowards, own to us gays for getting our cake and eating it too.
0: At Entertainment, own to Lenor for trading his dragon for one on the or for on the run love. Guess it isn't a crazy option if you are actually in love with the person.
1: At Westview Wanda M, own to Lenor Valerian, who achieves a Westerosi rarity, a happily ever after, or at least for the time being.
0: <laughs> Frank Bum, own to Lenor. Gotta know when to hold and when to fold them. That man looked at his hand, flung them into the muck with alacrity. Also, the only own I'll ever grant Viserys. Uh <laughs> Calumnies <laughs> is an excellent word. I don't remember that.
1: I watched the subtitles this time. I remembered it. <laughs> at the Mick Riblet. I should have been there. Those should be our house words. Hilarious.
0: Thoros loves roller. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> Pocket sand and dagger slash from Str- or Valerian boys.
1: I got a real laugh out of me. <laughs> At Margot Sedai, look who's back, back again. I'm not going to sing it. Otto's back, <laughs> Otto's back, Otto's back. Hashtag things about to get real.
0: And Kelly Brown already owned to Papa Viserys for settling all them kids.
1: At Seth 410, owned to the order of events and owned to the darkness.
0: Classic Miguel. Classic Miguel. (laughs) Matt Lucas, Lena, and Carl for having the presence of mind to get away from all the psychos and are now living it up in Essos with sacks full of money.
1: Nancy Gilman, my own goes to Aemon, badass to little dickhead in two scenes. I know, that's how I felt. It's like, how are you going to be this mean? <laughs> you chose it.
0: Tezos Bakas, own to Rhaenyra and Leonor for being more supportive to each other than any other couple in Westeros.
1: Scissor Misericis, own to the family beat down the Aemon god for stealing a grieving little girl's dragon.
0: Ma Peach's natural, Aemon Targaryen, it was a fair exchange. Own to the pride and joy of... A father gaslighting and watching his daughter lose it, and owned to Otto. All family came through this episode. Even Egan. he was so proud.
1: Edward Madonet or Madonnet. Allison is Loki, the Cersei of Hot D. Today's episode was a perfect adaptation. In my opinion, especially everything with Amon. Wondering if Leonor's surviving his book canon, too. Either way, good inclusion.
0: At Selwyn, owned the poor dude casually tossed into a fireplace.
1: East Coast Chase, owned Leonor Valerian for escaping his book fate. No kidding. And also owned Amon for trading his eye for Vagar.
0: Gav Hart, Crispy Cole continues to be a terrible petty incel.
1: M. Jergenart, Jernigan Art, owned Lenor for living his best gay life elsewhere.
0: Miss Duncan the Tall, own to I'm going to bed, Emma, with a, a skeleton <laughs> emoji, which is really funny. And not a green supporter, but own to Eamon for riding Vegar without a child seat.
1: P94 at home, low-key owned to the nighttime visuals like a walk in the moonlight.
0: <laughs> Emily Mar 86, second own to Crispin Cole for pointing out how creepy Laris looks all the time. And first owned to a rare happy ending for Lenore sailing into the sunset with Carl
1: virginia oxford owned to daenerys's theme finally making an appearance and with Amon and vegar
0: benjamin adgate owned to the valerian kids jumping Amon.
1: curtis Moore official owned to viserys for looking his freshly one-eyed son in the face and saying look at me (laughs) (laughs) another owned to viserys for his rendition of the dream girls broadway hit we are a (laughs) family (laughs) <laughs> He's <keeps> getting his eye <laughs> yeah, cut out.
0: Yeah. Hey, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that. Flexi Bird, now they see you for what you are, in all caps. Owned the whole episode. Best one yet. I'm hyped.
1: G-Sizzle, no one, I guess, gets the own. Everyone showed their ugly side this episode. Oh, dang, the sass on that.
0: Ryles the Lion, owned to Eamon. I just felt like Damon really would be proud of Allison. Wasn't his mom.
1: Livy Linetti, Leanne, for leaving the shit behind... And living happily after after. Lenore. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is very unforgiving when it comes to setting in your own. Uh, Blythethelib. Sorry. Owned to Eamon claiming the oldest, biggest, gnarliest dragon in the world.
1: Kelly Marks. Lenore lives. Also, Emily and the Goose. Owned to Carl with a Q. And Laenor, best book twist of the season yet, and own to Amon's first flight on Vagar, even though he's that.
0: And last but certainly not least, we've got Dolce Harajuku who says, Own to my favorite twist ending, but poor Rainy's, my heart breaks for her.
1: Hopefully she gets to know that there's no reason to scream like that, but boy. Even acting that way, it's got to be rough on you. I know. Or maybe it's fun to pretend like you're that sad.
0: I feel like if you're ah! if you're that deep into it, maybe you're truly sad. So thank you, everybody, so much for sending in your owns. <laughs> thank you for tweeting at us and Instagramming us on Sunday nights. If you want to join in on the fun, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, or you can send us an email to com. We're
1: also on Facebook. We haven't forgot about the Facebooks.
0: But really, if you're still on Facebook.
1: We're not be B Real yet. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I don't think we're we're quite gonna take it to that level. But who knows? Let us know.
0: Episode eight coming down the pipeline, just a couple of days away. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a really sad, heartfelt moment. Let's go rewatch it. Let's go watch it again. <laughs>